Good Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayeshev, and a Lichtige Chanukah. Let's jump into a vart from uh, Rabbonim of Pshischa. So, we know the story with Yosef and his brothers, and um, the whole back and forth. And when Yosef finally gets, uh, meets up with them, and they they take him away and they sell him. Um, so that is from the initiative of Yaakov. And Yaakov Avinu says, He says, go and see the shalom of your brothers. Sounds like at first glance, saying, go see how they're doing. Um, but Rabunim said something else. Rabunim said that if you take it in the context of the earlier uh, relationship, it says, They couldn't get along, they couldn't speak couldn't speak it out. I believe some of the Mepharshim say, is that if only they would have just been able to speak. If they, you know, if you communicate, if you if you share your issues with each other, that's actually a positive thing. You could have actually resolved certain things. But they didn't do such a thing. Uh, you know, by Yosifu owed Sano, so they hated each other, they hated him. He didn't like them. And in that context, when he says, go see the Shalom Achicha, Rabbunim says, is he was telling Yosef, look, Rashi tells us that uh, Yosef was telling on them. Yosef said, you guys are doing Gilei Arayis and Avram and Achai, and, and, and he's, he was accusing them of all, certain, of, of all different terrible things. And apparently, he could not see the good in them. And so Rabbunim says, Leich Re'eh Shalom Achicha is saying, go Go find something good about them. Go see the the, the shlemus. Go see the, the wholeness of your brothers. Don't just focus on the negative, on finding everything bad. Uh, find something good. And, uh, you know, it's really, really interesting. They have some scary studies out there where um, when a person is taking in new information, literally at the sensory level, uh, the brain itself could, it, it has certain gatekeeping that the things that confirm your way of thinking, of seeing, it, it sort of lets that in. And the facts, the points that do not jive with how you see things, at the sensory level, the gatekeeping of the brain could literally sift out those, those points. So there could be something that is, uh, you know, 70% good and 30% bad, uh, objectively. And if you're a person who's made up your mind, ah, this is bad already, you, you won't even pay attention at all to the 70% of it. You'll literally only see the 30%, which is uh, quite scary that we, we sort of live in our own echo chambers and that our mind itself acts as the gatekeeper uh, to sift out that which doesn't agree with us. Um, <clears throat> you find this in politics all the time. You know, when the other side does something immoral or wrong, then you're, you know, you're very likely to jump to it. It's terrible. Look at them. They're all like that. Uh, when your side has somebody who did something unethical or whatever it is, nah, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't even pay attention to it at all. And that was the case uh, Yaakov felt with Yosef. He said, you know, he said, yeah, maybe they did certain things wrong, how we understand if they, could, they did Averas, they did not do Averas. 
whatever it is, but but Yaakov understood that Yosef was in a situation where he could not see the you know the good in them, and so he's saying, you know what, change your environment, take a step back, move, you know, go somewhere else. Sometimes it helps if if you even literally change the location, go somewhere else, go find them, and go try to see something good about them, and that's uh that's lech lech reish um, you know, it is a little bit, uh, I guess, ironic within this vart that uh, he goes and he's, uh, you know, attempting to do such a thing, and then they actually almost double down on their, uh, you know, on the negativity, and they treat him badly. So I don't know what, uh, you know, what Rabunin would do with with that. But the point is that Yaakov's charge to Yosef was, you know, go find something positive. So uh, yeah, okay, a story with the Chassam Sofer. The Chassam Sofer one time gave somebody a um, he gave somebody a loan, and while he gave the person a loan, the um, this person gave him a kiddush cup, and he he handed him the kiddush cup, and everybody sort of understood that uh, you're not allowed to do such a thing, right? When you lend somebody money, you can only pay them back. And it's ribis, it's ribis to give a present or, you know, the question even of saying thank you. Maybe that's ribis. But he, t- he took this cup and he starts looking at it. He says, wow, look how beautiful it is. Look how nice it is. And his family members were like, uh, like sort of, should we point out to him? Like, did he forget? They're like, he can't take this. And he, you know, he turned towards them. He said, you guys are probably wondering what, uh, what I'm doing over here. He says, of course, I'm not going to accept this. And I'm going to give it back to him. He says, but I wanted to admire how, how beautiful it was. He said, you know, it's not so often that uh, somebody asks me, a Rav, for a loan. And, uh, you know, he says, it's a mitzvah in the Torah not to, not to charge ribbis. And when do I have such an opportunity to not charge ribbis? It's like, you know, it, it's something I've learned tons about, but I've never really fulfilled that mitzvah. And uh, he said, now that this person offered, it was like, oh my gosh, this is like so exciting that I get to uh, that I get to fulfill the mitzvah of avoiding the losase of ribis. And he said, he said he was truly uh, full of joy, and he said he got this from his rebbe. His rebbe was Rav Nassim Adler, who's a very uh, you know this, this, he was makubal, he was a very interesting person, and uh, he said one time he was driving with Rav and Adler, they were in a wagon, and all of a sudden one of the one of the horses um, died or, or, or got injured, and they, they, they went out for a second, it was, it was snowy, it was freezing outside, and they, they linked up another animal, I don't know if it was a cow, or the, they linked up something else, and Rav and Adler, I think they said he was, I don't know if he was barefoot or whatever it was, he, he jumped out, and he started dancing. Uh, he started dancing in the snow. He was like freezing out there. They're like, what are you doing? So he said, you know, it's, it's us. You know, it's, it's shotness to have two different animals that are, it's, it's kilayim to have two different animals that are pulling one wagon. He says, like, you know, one of the lavim in the Torah, he says, when in my life did I ever think I'd be able to be mekayim, such a mitzvah of avoiding such a, you know, such an avera. And so he was so... You know, he was so excited that he got to do such a mitzvah 
that he was uh, he was dancing, he was jumping for joy. And so this is the lesson that the Chassam Sofer brought into his life with Ribis. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's something we feel at uh, lighting Hanukkah, lighting the, the candles. is something very special that, that, you know, even simple Jews could be very excited about doing such a mitzvah. And, and Halavai, we should feel like that with every mitzvah we do. Okay, so Shaila is as follows. The Shaila is that uh, a person is uh, realizes that they're out of, of olive oil, and so they do a little uh, Instacart order, and they see that uh, you know the earliest time they're going to get the oil is going to be uh, you know an hour later after, uh, let's assume after the time of Achetichla Regalman Ashuk is the time the, the, the prime time of when you're supposed to light. And right now, a person has a wax candle, or a few wax candles. And so, the question is, what do we, what do we give precedence to? Do we say that oil is most important, and therefore wait to get that oil, and don't light until later, even though you missed the Iker's man? Or would we say that, no, the Iker's man, the main's man is more important, and therefore light with a wax candle, which is not considered as good. So we'll just quickly go through a little bit of the sugya. Um, we've already gone through some of this. But there are two different opinions. The Gemara says there's this thing of you can light until uh, until the people are no longer walking. And there's actually two opinions what that means. The first opinion is, like we always assume, is that you need to light within that time period. So let's say, uh, you know, a half hour or so, within that time period, you have to light. The second opinion seems to say it doesn't matter when you light, but you need to light the sheer, the amount of oil that you need to light has to be for as long as the period of the beginning of nightfall until which again, let's say it's a half hour. So that would mean that how much oil do you need? Enough oil to last for a half hour. When do you have to do that? Whenever you want. Okay? So according to the first opinion, it's all about lighting within that zman, within that time. And according to the second opinion, it seems it's all about lighting that amount, nothing to do with, with that zman. So, uh, we've shown him talk about this. Um, uh, lighting after the zman, says Tosis, according to one of the answers in the Gemara, it's fine. But according to the other answer, it would be not fine. It would be, you wouldn't be allowed to light, and it would be done. Tosis implies that, according to that, you wouldn't even make a bracha because it's a suffix. Which answer in the Gemara do we actually go like? So therefore, uh, Tosis seems to say in one answer that um, you know it's really preferable to do it uh, within within that zman of ashadichlaregel Tosa brings another answer where he says, you know what, nowadays things have changed. Why have things changed? Because the Gemara says that that, that that when things are dangerous, and it seems once things were dangerous, according to many, we never necessarily brought it back to a time of before things were dangerous. But the Gemara says, once things are dangerous, you could light inside and it's totally fine. And that's why many, many people, in Eretz Yisrael, it's changed a lot, many people still have the minog that they light inside. Maybe they light by the window, but... <clears throat> you could really light inside now. And therefore, it also says, the whole idea of us being so, uh, you know, creating such importance of lighting during the time of while people are still out, it's clearly because people will see it. It's clearly referring to a time when Persume Nisa, where showing off the miracle was like the main part. But nowadays, 
that so it says now that a lot of that has changed and that people are, are even lighting inside, so therefore it's not so important, and therefore you could even light later. That's what Tosa says. Um, the the Rashba, the Rashba holds that, and others seem to hold this way as well, um, that even according to, you know, before this ever was the case of where people were lighting inside, Tosa seems to say that, uh, sorry, the Rashba seems to say that even that first answer just holds l'chatechila, it's best, but the evidence not. So, again, it's a whole discussion. The, the, the poskim today are still very machmir that you should try to light within that, uh, within that time period. Uh, it, it could be, you know, that uh, Prasumanisa still applies. Um, it, 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 there's there's lots to say, but we are very mocked. The Gra and, and some others seem to say that we paskin like that first answer in the Gemara, and they don't go with certain answers, answers in Tosas, and therefore they would hold that even today, you must light within that Ikersman. So that's, that is in terms of that. Now, when it comes to wax candles versus oil. So uh, the Sechemer brings, and others bring, uh, the Sechemer brings from the, the Maral. The Maral seems to say that, you know, because of the the nace of, uh, of the Pach Shemen was with, uh, was with oil. So it's like really important. It's not just that it's nicer, it looks good. It's really important. But like the Iker Mitzvah is really with, uh, you know, with with olive oil or, or with any sort of oil. Of course, the, you know, the idea of oil, you know, is the, the you know, many talk about how the uh, misyavnim, it was Jews who were trying to become like you, the Avanim, and that was sort of the Iker, the, the main people we were going against. And so the whole idea of oil, you know, oil does not mix with water, and there, there's a very, you know, oil has this, this, this capacity to stay very distinct and separate. So, there, you know, there, there's something to it. Um, and, you know, some, some actually seem to hold that you must, and the only way your yotze is with olive oil. Uh, the Sechemet brings the Me'iri uh, and others who, who say it's definitely preferable, but that certainly you could light uh, with a wax candle as long as it's going to last for, you know, for the shear. And uh, so it seems that in halacha, uh, just from, from looking around, it seems that both are important things, but, you know, really making it onto the page of the Shulchan Aruch more is... The you know the concept of trying to light on time, and so it seems that even though it's important to use um, to use oil um, over wax, but if it's a question of lighting on time or not, it seems that it would come out that uh, you should prefer to light on time with a wax candle, and uh, and you know the next day you can use oil. Anyway, have a wonderful Shabbos. Zaygazunt.